The New York Giants open OTAs this week. Where does this team stand? What might we be able to learn from OTAs? And what do we hope they accomplish before they break for the summer? I talk about all that and more with Ed Valentine of Big Blue View coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and it is Tuesday, and we are just rolling right along the New York Giants having started their offseason uh, program back in April. Now they are on phase three with the OTAs, Organized Team Activities, which started on Monday, and uh Joining me to talk about the state of the Giants, where they're at, where they still need to get to, is good friend Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Eddie, welcome on board. How you doing, Patty? Thanks for having me. Always, my friend, always. So, Edward, hard to believe, but we are in phase three of the offseason program. The Giants 90-man roster pretty much said, I'm sure there's going to be some, some tinkering here and there by General Manager Joe Shane and Coach Brian Dable, but... Give me an overview, if you will, as to your thoughts on this roster and how it's taken shape so far. Well, I think it's interesting, Patty. You know that Joe Shane said at the beginning of the offseason that there was a talent gap between the Giants and the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs and whoever you might consider the top three or four teams in the league. And we talk about this, Patty. You can't fix every problem in one off season, you can't fill every hole. There's not enough money. There's not enough draft picks. I think Joe Shane has done a good job addressing and upgrading the, the, the playmakers around Daniel Jones, adding some talent to that defense with Bobby O'Karake with Deont- you know, with Deontay Banks, adding some depth to that defensive line, which was a huge issue there are still, and I'm sure we, we'll get into some of it, there, there are still places where you can point to on the roster where it's like, I'm not sure they have enough here or enough there. But as I said, you're just not going to fix every problem. No roster is going to look perfect entering training camp. But this is a better roster than the one the Giants finished last season with. So I think that's, that's a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned that there are still some areas that they probably don't have enough in or there's some question marks. Let's talk about some of those. What do you see as the most glaring ones? Well, there's obviously there's obviously edge where it would have been nice if they had been able to add, you know, a draft pick as as competition, you know, in that uh in that group, you know, someone to uh to add to Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari. You know, we love Jihad Ward, but Jihad Ward is still a limited player. All right. I love O'Shane Zimenez and I love the 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 player and the person in the locker room that he's become. But again, he's a limited player. Um so they they could use some help there. 
We still don't know how safety is going to shake out. I think they might have enough talent there, but we're just not sure how it's all going to work out. You know, for me, I, I think we saw the other day that uh, that they're they're bringing in free agent offensive tackle, and, and I may butcher how you pronounce the name. I think it's Yadni Kajust, um, former Patriot. You know, as potential depth on the offensive line, I would think they're going to continue to look for you know, for anyone they think might be able to make the 53 man roster at a variety of places. But, but for me, I think even tight end is a place where they could, where they could add somebody possibly. So we'll see how it goes, but, but edge is the one that the one that screams, we could really use somebody in in this spot. Yeah. Edge. And, and like, as you said, swing tackle, because they have guys there, but you know, do they really have what they need there? A guy who can play both spots if called upon. All right. So Ed, with um, the, the uh, OTA starting this week, we don't get access until Thursday. So obviously we're going to have to depend on the giants for their selective reporting um, on, on the, uh, the days that we're not there. But that being said, what are you looking to, to see what do you want to learn by the time these OTAs are, are done about this team? Well, Patty, I think, I think the most interesting thing is always, especially the first couple of times we get to see these guys on the field is how the rookies, how the draft picks are mixing in with the veterans and do they look like they belong? You know, do they look like, their guys, you know, obviously there's a long way to go, a lot for these guys to learn. But one of the things that that you can get an impression on early is if a guy looks like he belongs. If a guy looks like he belongs or if he's in over his head and the Giants might have made a mistake. And I think you and I can both point to examples over the years of guys who we saw where we're like, the first couple of times we've seen them on the field, we're like, I, I just don't know, you know, about this guy. And, uh, but I, I think that's the big thing that I look for. The other thing is, let, let's be honest. There aren't the way that practices are and the way that the workout schedule is now. There's not a lot of extra reps to go around. There's just, there's no two a days anymore. There's not as many practices. I think you get an idea right away. Is John Michael Schmitz going to be the starting center? You know, how are they going to use certain guys? Do they look at Deontay Banks as the, as the week one starter opposite of Dory Jackson? I think we get to see those kinds of things pretty much right away. Right. Now, obviously, we've got a long way to go. You know, training camp is going to decide a lot. This is kind of the experimental phase, if you will. You know, Brian Dable has referred to it as, you know, trial and error with some new things. But that said, given some of the new faces that this team has, what are maybe some of the things you anticipate will be different this year on offense and defense as opposed to last year? Well, offensively, I think the biggest thing, and we're, and as you said, they they put so many things in and they try so many different things. For me, the the biggest thing is going to be how the presence of Darren Waller changes what they do on offense. Does it change 
you know, how much 12 personnel they use, how much 11 personnel they use. Do they, do they, where do they line Waller up? Do they use him in line some, or do they use Bellinger in line and, and, and use Darren Waller out in the slot? So in one practice on Thursday, I don't think we're going to get the answer to that question. But over the course of OTAs and and maybe mandatory minicamp, I think we'll get some hints. And but for me, that's the big that's the big thing is is how does the presence of Darren Waller you know, change the the personnel packages and how the Giants approach offense. Hey, Giant fans, with the NBA playoffs currently in progress, there's no better time than right now to make a fast break to FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's right, because FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Get in on all the action of the sports world with great promotions, a safe and secure app to do your betting and instant payouts. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we are talking with Ed Valentine of Big Blue View and Giant fans. Make sure you check out the show notes. We've got a new program here, a new initiative over at Locked On Giants, where you can sign up for exclusive text messages from your favorite Locked On hosts, like yours truly. Um, we're offering it here on the Locked On Giants podcast, and uh, the you can try us out for 14 days. If you like us, continue for $4.99 a month. If you don't like us, you can cancel and owe nothing. And if you do like us, we actually have a special offer of two months for the price of one with this promo code PTRAIN, all the details in the show notes. Check it out. Okay, Ed, let's, um, you know, we, we mentioned some of the storylines um, that maybe we can, go you know, glean what's going on here. But one storyline that I'm sure is going to be a topic of conversation is Saquon Barkley. Now, people don't under, you know, a lot, some people don't realize this, but Saquon cannot show up to this team and participate in anything until he A, signs the franchise tag, B, signs a new long term contract, or C, signs a participation waiver, none of which seems to be happening anytime soon. How much of a distraction do you anticipate that will be? Well, I'm sure that what we're going to hear from Brian Dable is we're going to hear the V word. We're going to hear the voluntary word. And of course, these are voluntary. We're going to hear Dable say, you know, we'll coach the guys that are here. We'll worry about getting better with the players that are here. It would be nice if the Saquon Barkley situation was all wrapped up nice and tidy and, and, and it was done. But it's not going to be done. It's not going to be done this week. It's not going to, to get done next week. It's probably not going to get done until July 16th or 17th, right right at the deadline. I don't get all that worried about it, all that worked up about it, unless he's unless it's not done on the 17th of July and he doesn't show up at training camp. Mm. That's that's when I get that's when I start to wonder, you know, really what's going to happen here. But but I can't worry about it right now. I don't, it's, it's a negotiation. It is. And it's just, you know, this is the only leverage Barkley has at this point is 
is not to show up for a while. So, you know, as I said, it's, it's probably a little bit of a distraction at this point, but I think all of these guys, players and, and coaches, they've all dealt with these things before. So at this point, I don't think it's that big of a deal. No, it's not. Definitely not at this stage of the game. And if anything, if you want to look at the bright side, it's an opportunity to get a better look or a longer look at just Sean Corbin and get, and uh, Gary Brightwell and um, Eric Gray, you know, these younger guys, you know, we kind of know what Matt Breida can bring to the table, but these younger guys are question marks right now. So maybe you see a little bit more of them because I do think, and you tell me if you agree, but I, I get the impression the giants are, maybe going to try and gravitate more towards a committee approach at running back where Saquon would still be the main guy, but maybe not the bell cow per se, like he's been in the past, this to kind of, you know, keep him fresh and limit some of the pounding that he's taken. Do you see things going that way as well at running back? Absolutely, Patty. I think that we know what Saquon Barkley is and, and I give Saquon some credit last year because I thought, and I know I said this to you at, at, at a couple points last year, I thought Saquon Barkley did a better job last year, you know, lowering his shoulder and running in between the tackles than I had seen him do in previous years, but that's not his thing. You know, his thing is get out in space, you know, make it, make a guy miss, you know, make the big play. If they can take some of the pounding off of Saquon Barkley, that's going to be a good thing. And, and as you said, we know what Matt Breida is at this point in his NFL career. We don't know what Jay Sean Corbin can be. We don't really know if Gary Brightwell is an NFL running back yet. We know that he was brought to the Giants to be a special teams player first and a running back second. We don't know what Eric Gray can be yet. So so th- those reps could be interesting. They could be important as, as the year goes along. If you remember last year at this time, the, uh, the Giants had so many wide receivers in red, red jerseys and so many wide receivers not practicing. Richie James got a zillion reps in OTAs and, and throughout the spring and early summer. And Richie James turned into a major contributor during the season that doesn't happen without the opportunity he got in the spring. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you speak of uh, receivers, a lot of uh, an assorted group here, you know, you got height, you got smaller guys, you got faster guys, you got guys, you know, who could play X and and in the slot and whatnot. What do you, I I know it's early, but what do you, think is going to, how do you see that, that group kind of playing out? You know, you also got a couple guys coming back off injuries and Wandale Robinson, Sterling Shepard, but if you had to, you know, put the depth chart in place, you know, as in terms of what we might see as far as guys getting targets, how do you see it playing out? Well, Patty, the only thing, the only thing I'm sure of at this point is that I believe their best guy is Isaiah Hodgins. You know, that's the only thing I'm sure of at this point. I think they'll give Wandale Robinson, if he's healthy, if he has a chance to, to participate in training camp, they'll give him every chance to, to be a major contributor. You know, they spent a second round draft pick on him a year ago and, and, and he's almost an afterthought right now. 
with, you know, with uh, Darren Waller as the tight end and Paris Campbell and Jalen Hyatt. I have no idea how it's all going to shake out, to be honest with you, Patty, but I'm, I'm really, really interested because, you know, Paris Campbell is really intriguing. How they develop Jalen Hyatt is really intriguing. Whether Darius Slayton winds up getting pushed into the background with some of these new players coming in and with, with Wandale coming back is really intriguing. Whether Sterling Shepard has anything left and can even make this team is really intriguing. So it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that unfold. Yeah, for sure. Now, Ed, I know this is probably a better question for, the, for Brian Dable, but from the outside looking in, how do you, what kind of growth are you looking for from this coaching staff? I mean, they did a great job last year. I think we could all agree on that, but there's always room to grow. And I think they'll be the first people to say that we can get better at what we do. Where do you want to see this coaching staff take the biggest leap in terms of their growth? Oh, coaching staff, Patty. That's an, that's an interesting question because I, like you, I thought that they did a fantastic job last year in in piecing together you know what's a what was a a limited roster in a lot of ways i guess the thing that you want to see this year especially on the offensive side with with the big contract they gave daniel jones with the weapons that they've that they've put around him are they willing to take the shackles off a little bit are they willing to 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 open things up and and throw the ball down the field a little bit more. Um, I'm really interested to see on on the defensive side. I'm really interested to see just how the rotation, you know, ends up on the defensive line. I'm really interested to see if if this coaching staff can get Kayvon Thibodeau to take a big step forward in in his second year. You know, he was he was good last year, but I didn't think he overall when you look at it maybe he wasn't fifth overall pick in the draft good mm-hmm. and you know and can they get that out of him this year so we'll see but but for me on the offensive side I just I just want to see how much they're willing to open this thing up and and uh, and let it go where do you see right now I I know we talked about you know earlier the holes on the roster where they could probably use some more depth, but overall though, in terms of personnel or how they ran things, is there one area that kind of sticks out to you like a sore thumb that you, that you think could be a make or break proposition for this team? Well, you know, if you look at, if you look at, at, at how the giants ran things last year, I thought, you know, Brian Dable, his staff did it, did a great job. I did think there there were times last year where I I had wished throughout the spring and even in the summer that that they pushed a little bit harder sometimes in the spring to get some guys on the field and get them some reps and and things like that. But then again, I think that's probably how things are done throughout most of the NFL these days. I think a lot of these a lot of teams are even canceling their mandatory mini camps now. So so maybe that's just the the old school part of me or, or, or the old man in me, I guess. <laughs> the old man. Wait, Ed, are you admitting that you're old? 
Patty, sometimes you just have to be true to you, true with yourself, you know? <laughs> oh man, geez. You're ready for, are you, you're ready for retirement. Then, I guess. No, 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 not, 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 not quite, not quite. But you know, but that, but that day is coming one of these days. It's, it's coming. coming for all of us too. Yeah. I hopefully have a few more years before I have to worry about it. Although there are some days where I'm like, I'm going to just retire and just live out my life drawing and writing stories and stuff. But there you go. Yeah. But anyway. All right. So Ed, um, another topic we haven't really touched upon, but this is an important one because this is the Giants and every year this topic kind of works its way into the comp- into the conversation. Injuries. There are guys coming off of injuries. There are probably guys who had off-season surgery that we don't yet know about, but we'll find out about once we see them in the red jerseys. But is there any injury in particular, any player in particular that, you know, you're concerned about? And, and again, disclaimer, I know it's only, you know, May, it's late May. The season doesn't start until September. So there's a lot of time yet, but some of these guys obviously have longer recovery periods than others. Who are you most concerned about at this juncture? Well, Patty, the big one for me on the offensive side, the big one for me is Wandale Robinson. I, I think that we never really saw or we only got hints last year of how the Giants wanted to use him and, and how he could really help their offense. The question for me is, how soon is he going to be available? We don't know at this point if he's going to be able to participate in training camp. We don't know if he's going to be available you know, right at the beginning of the season So, you know, how ready is he going to be to give them a full season and and show the Giants, you know, and show us or let the Giants show us, you know, how they intended to use him and how he can really help this offense. I think on the defensive side, Patty, it maybe isn't necessarily an injury, although we know what happened to him last year during the bye week. I'm talking about Xavier McKinney. We know, you know, the hand injury and all of that. When I look at, but when I look at the Giants defensive side, I think the player that's got a lot at stake, the player that's got a lot to prove is Xavier McKinney because he's coming up on the end of his rookie contract. He doesn't have a fifth year option you know, as a, as a second round pick. And to be honest with you, Xavier McKinney, although the giants gave him the green dot and had him calling the the defensive signals at the beginning of the year, even before the bye week before he had the accident in Cabo, he was not the same impact player that he had been the year before. I thought he had, he was having a very quiet year. So for me, when you start looking at second contracts, you start looking at, is he a long-term part of the future here? I think he is, but I think he needs to show it. And another guy that maybe I'm curious to see, because you know there just hasn't been a whole lot said about him, Leonard Williams, who finally ended up missing time because of the injuries he was dealing with. You know, he was dealing with that neck shoulder uh, injury which slowed him down, which he basically fought through, but that had an impact on, on his production. And as I said, he missed playing time for the first time in his career. 
I know Leonard's older and he's, you know, last year of his contract and everything, but still a very key piece of the defense. I get asked a lot about Leonard Williams, as I'm sure you do, Patty. And we know what his cap hit is. It's $32 million, which is insane. Thank you very much, Dave Gettleman. Mm. But, you know, I think that's the third highest cap hit in the league for a maybe for, I don't know if it's for a for everybody or just for non-quarterbacks. I think I read something about that the other day, but it's massive. And here's the thing. People keep saying, well, when are they going to do something with Leonard Williams' contract? When are they going to do something? I don't think they are, to to be honest with you. I think they would have done something long ago if they were going to do it. I don't think they're going to touch it. And, I think that Joe Shane is looking at it this way. He's, what is he, 29 at this point, Patty? Something like that. He's got eight years in the league. He's played 90% of the snaps most of those years. I think he's played more than 6,000 snaps, close to 7,000 snaps in the NFL. He's got a lot of mileage on his body. He broke down last year for the first time. If you're Joe Shane and you're looking at building this thing long-term, do you really want to extend his contract for another three or four years and be tied to a player who might be entering a decline, who might be entering that point in his career where he doesn't play every week, where you have to, where you have to watch his snaps, where injuries begin to, to pile up where there's always games here and games there that he winds up missing. If I'm Joe Shane, I'm not sure I want to do that. I want to see what Leonard Williams can give me in 2023 before I make a choice. So mm-hmm. I think, I think the giants are going to massage their salary cap and do whatever they can not to have to touch that deal this year. If, if they can get around it. Yeah, that I, I agree. You know, the more I think about it, you know, because I thought that was going to be one of the deals they would look to do. But upon further reflection, doesn't make that much sense. Just like, you know, Adoree Jackson, who's entering really the final year of his deal. He's got a voidable year, year next year. I'm not so sure the Giants are going to touch that deal either. It's the same deal, Patty. It's the way I look at it again. You know, when I, t- I talked to Joel Corey, cap analyst from CBS the other day, and he was talking about the Jackson contract. And he said the Jackson contract basically is right at what the market rate is for, you know, for players of his caliber, three years, 39 million. He's in the final year of it. But if you look at a Dory Jackson, is a Dory Jackson really a number one shut down corner especially he'll be about he'll be probably 30 by next year he'll you know I think he's I think he's getting close to that I'm not I don't have it in front of me but if Tay Banks shows you in 2023 that he can be a number one caliber corner and you still have Aaron Robinson and you still have Cordell Flott and you still have Nick McLeod and, and you still have Trey Hawkins you know, and you're high on all of those guys. Are you going to pay Adore Jackson, you know, number one caliber cornerback money? Yeah, doesn't make sense. Definitely. Right. I mean, you know, paying Dexter Lawrence the big money made, made sense. sense. 
because mm-hmm. he was that second contract and you know he he's been ascending but right bigger con- but to your point about the salary cap and how they can potentially massage it right now they don't have to do anything with it because they did clear some space out when they redid Dexter but you know that space will go pretty quickly and i think if they have to do something i keep leaning more and more towards doing something with Tyrod Taylor because they don't have, you know, t- Taylor's under contract this year. He's got a voidable year next year. Right now, who do they have behind Daniel Jones if Taylor right. wasn't there? Absolutely. Add another year to Taylor's contract, you know, add another year, million. lower that, lower that cap, hit a couple yep. million dollars, add another year. And, and you buy yourself another year to maybe find a, a young developmental quarterback because I'm sorry to all of the Tommy DeVito lovers out there, you know, because I know he's a Jersey kid. Tommy DeVito is not it. <laughs> you know, that's that's yeah. just not that's that's not it. I mean, the other thing and we, we all look at this, but if the Giants need some cap space, I talked about all the the, the options that they have at corner. And the, the other thing is McKinney can go down in the slot. Bobby McCain can go down in the slot. You know, a lot of these guys, Nick Darnay. McLeod, Nick McLeod can go down in the slot. Darnay Holmes has a $2.7 million cap hit that goes away if they cut him. Yeah. And I think, I think he's, he's got, you know, he he's on the edge of the roster cliff and, and he's got one leg hanging off at this point. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I, I agree that, that he's a bubble guy right now. Well, they've been that Patty. It, it goes, it goes back beyond Joe Shane. They've been drafting over Darnay Holmes for how many years now? Yeah, you're right. You know, they've been right. drafting over this guy for how many years they've been trying to replace him since they got him. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, now that they have, you know, you figure Jackson and, and banks are going to be your outside guys. So what are you going to do with Flot? What are you going to do with Robinson? If they're, they're healthy. Right. And, you, and right. you mentioned McLeod, you mentioned McKinney can come down in the slot, you know, which can maybe open up things for Belton and, and Pinnock to, to, to get on the field. So, yeah, they, they have, you know, people say, Oh, they don't have any depth back there. They got they, depth. They <laughs> so. have, they have some depth in the secondary. They do because they've got, they've got pieces that they acquired even last year, like, like Pinnock and McLeod and, you know, we don't know what Belton's going to be yet and Flot. They've got pieces that they can move around. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So mm-hmm. it's going to, that's going to be an interesting battle to watch as well. All right, Ed, final question for you. It's non-contact, no pads, probably, you know, a lot of injured guys will be wearing the the red jerseys. You know, we might not see a full roster. There'll probably be some guys missing. You know, Saquon won't be there because he can't until he signs. But that all being said, when this entire offseason is over, the OTAs and the subsequent mandatory minicamp, assuming that doesn't get canceled, when that's all over, what do you want to walk away with knowing that you didn't know before about this Giants roster and the direction it's headed? You know, Patty, it's, it's one of those things where you you just, you try not to put too much emphasis on OTAs and seeing two or three practices in the spring, but you want to feel like, I, I just remember last year, how many practices did we watch where the offense looked like a mess? I, I guess I want to feel like 
like I'm watching, you know, an offense that's taken a step forward. Um, you know, not that that would mean that the defense has taken a step back, but I, I would like to see the offense in these seven on sevens and 11 on 11s with, uh, you know, with no contact and no real press coverage. I would like to see cleaner play from that group. I'd like to feel like, like that group, what did the Giants average last year? 21 points a game or something like that, which was a step up from 17 the year before. I look at it like if you can get to 25, if you can get to 25 points a game, you're, you're right around the top 10. You're in that top 10, top 12. If you get there, you're going to compete every single week. And I, I think that's, I want to feel like they're, I want to feel like they're, they're on the road to getting there. And, and, and I just want to throw this in too. I don't care if it's one-on-ones or seven on sevens or 11 on 11s. I want to watch Tay Banks cover Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> I just, I want to watch, I, that's all I'm there for, Patty. I just want to watch Tay Banks cover Jalen Hyatt. And I want to watch them go deep because I want to see them both run. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's all you're there for. You're not there for the banter and the food and all the good stuff. What? To be yelled at by Dable like I was last year? You were <laughs> yelled pick- at. I, I don't no. remember that. That doesn't oh, surprise you- me. Oh, you don't remember that, Patty? You don't I remember? Don't. Oh, we don't I remember enough- him razzing you about something, but I don't remember. Yeah, what it well, was. He, he razzed me because, you know, the story with with practices and how coaches always want media behind the ball they always want us behind the offense so that right. the action's going away from us uh-huh well pr tried to put us behind the ball last yeah, year Yeah, I remember that dayball came by and he said you guys can go up front go ahead you guys can go up front and see where you can see better and i and i said but coach pr just put us back here and he's like well i'm gonna overrule that you guys can go up there if you know if you feel like that's okay and, and then the next day he came by me and he said, uh, Ed, he said, is it okay if I let the media go up front? <laughs> is <laughs> See, that okay I with you? That. Yeah, I is that, is, is that okay missed... with you? So, so yeah, uh-huh. he, he, he razzed me a little bit about that. Well, I mean, that's not as bad as me getting razzed by him about calling him coach instead of Dave. So. <laughs> this is true. He did give you, he's like, I do remember that. He's like, Patty, you can call me Dave's. Yeah, <laughs> you can. You can call me Dave's. I still have a hard time with that too. It's for, well, that's because it's, you're all like me. You're, you're old school. It's like coach, you know, you know, it, it's what he wants. If that's what he wants. I mean, if he wants me to call him Patrick, I'll call him Patrick. I'll call him whatever he wants. You know, that's, that's all, that's all good. There you go. <laughs> all right. Eddie, appreciate you coming on as always. I, I'm sure I will see you. Um, at the OTAs. Uh, Giant fans, appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Make sure you keep it here all week long as we continue our daily coverage. We're going to have part two of my top five players list. We're going to do defense. That's coming up this week. An OTA report is coming up um, and plenty more still to come on the Lock on Giants podcast. For Ed Valentine, I'm Patricia Trena. We will see you again tomorrow, Giant fans.